Hello and welcome back to the Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, your host and founder of The Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women to support and resource them towards growth in all areas of life. If you are interested in finding out about any of our initiatives, whether it be the masterclass, our coaching programs for women, our summits or our other courses and resources, please visit our website at www.geniusproject.co or come and join us on Instagram. Instagram genius underscore project underscore daily well we are just kicking off the advent season Christmas is just around the corner and in our Catholic faith we're so blessed that this is really the start of our new year we don't have to wait to January this is actually the beginning of the new year in the church calendar And so over these next couple of weeks on the podcast, we're going to be journeying through the themes in Sister Miriam James Heitland's book, Behold. There is a number of women in the Genius Project community who are working through this book as their Advent retreat book. And so a couple of our guests over the next three weeks will help me deep dive, I guess, into some of these themes of Mary, Joseph and Jesus. So to kick us off in this Advent podcast series, I'm joined by the very beautiful Laura K. Rowland from the United States of America. Laura is a beautiful woman and friend of the Genius Project and Sisterhood. She was a speaker at our Sisterhood National Catholic Women's Conference a number of years ago prior to COVID, and she has been a guest on our podcast. She works for Hello, and she has so much wisdom to offer in the space of women and encountering Christ and growing in our faith. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome, Laura, to the Genius Podcast. It's so lovely to have you back and to be able to welcome you back for Advent. Oh, Karen, thank you so much. You know, it's been a year. It's almost a year to the day since I was on your podcast last year. Um, so it's uh, it's been a wild, wild ride and we've accompanied one another, but it's always a pleasure to be here with you. It's a It's a joy. Absolutely. Uh, I just love it. I just want to chat to you instead of doing the podcast. We could. We could just chat. We say that all the time. I know. For the listeners who haven't journeyed with us for a long time, Laura actually came over. She lives near just south of Washington, D.C. in the United States. And she came over to speak at our Sisterhood Women's Conference. We're saying that's going to be five years ago this March, coming March. Crazy. But uh, over the years, Laura and I, we catch up very regularly and become very good friends. And Laura has a very beautiful gift with words and storytelling and just inviting us as women into, I guess, a deeper encounter with Christ. And so in today's podcast, we're going to kick off the Advent season, aren't we, by deep diving into, we're sort of looking at Sister Miriam's book in the Genius Project community. And so our podcast today is really going to centre around, I guess, how we prepare and I guess the role that Mary plays in that. So, so good. We were just chatting before we hit record. It's it's a good conversation. I always love your input and wisdom, Laura. Oh, thanks, Karen. I, I'm excited about this conversation. This book is um, really popular here in the States as well. I know many, many groups of women that are journeying with with um with Sister Miriam and her delightful words. Um, and she's just she's just a delightful woman in and of herself. And then this book is such it's it's a true gift, I think, um, at least from from what I've heard from other women as well. And it's been my experience. So um, I'm delighted to, to chat with you about all things, all things. about this book. Absolutely. And then wherever else Holy Spirit takes this conversation, I, I'm excited. I can't wait to see. Excellent. Well, <laughs> the book's called Behold. And we're going to take a look at that in a moment. But Laura, I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about, I guess, this idea of preparation, because Advent is a season of preparation. And I guess what that means to you and the women that you walk with. Sure. So when I think of Advent, um, and I'll be really honest, up until probably about eight or nine years ago, I didn't even really understand Advent, what it was, what what are we supposed to do, right? There's a lot of supposed to do's during some of our liturgical seasons. And so um, I really, you know, had some some older women that kind of sat me down and said, well, honey, this is what it is. And this is, you know, this is the reason for it. And I kept hearing this word prepare. And 
I kept asking, like, how do we prepare? Like, I know I've got the candles and I've got the wreath and I've got some days I have both together. Some days I can't find either. You know, it all depends. But, um, you know, what does that actually mean? I had this really, really um, just beautiful older woman who said, you know what, honey, it's all about Jesus. You know, it's all about what happens on December 25th, right? It's all about making room for that tiny little person to come into our life and and to have an encounter. And each year, the encounter can be different. It doesn't have to be the same every year. Um, You're not the same person you were the year before. You've experienced new things. So you need this tiny person to come into your heart renewed each and every time. And, and the church in her infinite wisdom has given us these beautiful liturgical seasons so that we can experience and encounter Christ differently on our own road to Emmaus, right? Like on our own way, like we journey throughout the Bible all the time. And Advent is another time where we journey towards Jesus. Um, and we have to sort of prepare our, our hearts. We have to prepare our homes. We have to prepare our relationships um, because when we have that encounter, all bets are off. Everything changes. Mm. It all changes. And it's just that it's that emptying, right? That's, that's how I look at it. Mm. And it's hard, isn't it? I think you picked up on something just a moment ago, just the pressure sometimes of how we should do it, that there is a right way to journey through Advent. But really, I think it's so important to realize that Jesus wants to come to us, like you said, in a new way each year. And so he will meet us in whatever circumstances we find ourselves. So if we're in overwhelm and stress and we're really burdened by the pressures of life, he will meet us there. But equally so, if we've got everything working, we've got the candles, we've got everything set up, he will meet us there also. Yeah. So last year, um, some some of you may know, um, I know, Karen, you you accompanied me through what probably the most difficult year of my life. Um my mom fell ill um, in December, and so we did not have Christmas. There was no Christmas for for myself, my husband, my children. There were no gifts. There were no calendars that I sent out. There were no Christmas cards, no matching pajamas. They might have been happy there were no matching PJs, but that's <laughs> maybe a conversation for another time. But here's the thing is I sat on the steps of where I was staying, that the house that I was staying in while I was caring for my mom, my husband was with me and my kids are scattered, uh, you know, all over the place. And I sat there and there was nothing. And yet there was everything. There was everything. And Jesus met me in that moment where I was. And it was a different encounter than the year before with all the trappings of all the things. And, um, and it's just, I love that we get, we get to experience that, that, that we have a new opportunity every year. That's why I think of Advent as our, you know, for Catholics, it's our new year. It's our Catholic new year when we start Advent. Uh, we don't have to wait till January 1st. It's a, it's a fresh start. And, um, and it's, it's that reminder. What, what do I need to do to make room? Where do I need him? And how do I seek him? How, how do I, how do I seek him in this stage or season of life that I'm in? Gives us a lot of pause, a lot of things to think about, really ponder. Mm, so true. I think one of the traps is getting caught up in the busyness of the preparation for Christmas that we mm-hmm. miss the opportunity. And like you said, the church has these beautiful seasons. So the church recognizes in her wisdom that we need this, this time, this lead in. And so I took my daughter out this week. We did two full days of shopping and we just did all of the Christmas shopping and then all of the birthday gifts for all of the extended family for the coming year um, because we have to save on postage. So we leave them up in Queensland. But it was it felt so good to just have that all done before the 1st of December. So now I feel like I really am able to enter into this season of Advent um, and yeah. not get trapped in all the busyness. Because I think yeah. in previous years that that is a trap for me. I hear it in the hearts of other women too, that you just feel like sometimes you're coming into the end of the year towards Christmas in a freight train that won't stop. There's no brakes mm-hmm. on it. And so yeah. we say to women that you're not the time isn't going to appear. You actually have to be really intentional about creating that time, creating that space, even in the midst of all the to-do lists to really focus and prioritize, I guess, like you said, how, 
will we seek Christ and how can we prepare for him? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm like super amazed that you got all that time. So oh. like, I'm like, I need to talk to you about like, uh-huh. how did you manage all that? So I that's said, Olivia, I said, we are on a mission. I said, you've got to get We're in doing it. We are not going home until we've got I everything. love it. Because I just oh, I love it. loathe the shops this time. You know, yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, we both had a headache. <laughs> So, so here's what, here's just sort of what popped into mind when you were talking about that, Karen, is that it's that we can be intentional, right, about what we know the expectation is, but we can manage it. And I think, too, like, now that you've emptied yourself of all of the shouldas, right, all these shoulds are making me very shoddy, and, like, I need to get rid of these expectations. So we, we acknowledge, like, okay, we've got to do X, Y, and Z, right? Like we want to build the gingerbread houses and we want to do all the things and we need to wrap the gifts. And and that brings us, um, especially those who are gifted with the gift of hospitality, right? Or gift giving is your thing. This is your jam. Like this is your time to shine, you know? Um, But then we get it done and then we can sit back and let the piece of the season that it can be we've made room for that. We've, we've gotten our to-do list done. And so now we can sort of relax into it. That's a beautiful way to prepare, I think. Um, and I also think it starts us building a routine and a habit, um, a rhythm. I know you talk a lot about rhythms and rest and all of those things. And, and so it is actually starting to get us geared up for you know, everybody else is starting January 1st, but we've already sort of started a prayer life. We've already gotten into a routine of like, oh, I, I love the peace and the calm. I also think that's why, well, here in the States, at least it's it's a dark season, right? Like literally, like the sun goes down, you know, at five o'clock and, but it's like a real calming, peaceful, like now you've got time, take a breath. Okay. I think, I think the Lord really knew what he was doing. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, but we're you know, the opposite. See, we're hitting the middle of summer. Mm-hmm. And so it's light sometimes until 9pm. But I think the association for us here is just the the beach and the, the holidays, because most right. of our families here, if they have children break up sort of mid December, and kids don't go back till late January, early February. So it's your middle of the year break, but we have it. Mm-hmm. So there's that association of unwinding and, and rest. Yeah. Which is See, it's beautiful. Yeah. And I think you can find that no matter where you are, like in the world, right? If you're, That's if fine. you're, I, I think there's those opportunities, like you can look at it and say, I can take a breath. I can, I can find a moment of peace and relaxation in this season. Yes. Yeah. Well, picking up on a question that you just mentioned there, like how does the Lord want us to prepare for him this, this Christmas? Now, obviously as Catholics, we're called to prepare for him, but how does he want us individually to prepare for him? And I'm interested in where you're at in your Advent journey this year. How are you preparing to encounter Christ? That's a great question. Um, Advent caught me by surprise this year. I don't know why. It's always the same. It's like always the things. We were traveling. So, you know, coming back from from our, it was Thanksgiving here. So I was coming back from our Thanksgiving break. And and to be really honest, I really didn't want December to start because it's, I know it's going to be a hard month. Um, But I forced myself to do a women's book group at my work. Um, We actually are doing this book. Um, I didn't want to join. I didn't even RSVP to the thing, you know, all to the invitation. And then the Lord made it abundantly clear. He said, I, I, this is what you need. You, you need to be with other women and you need to, um, you need to not be alone in this season. Um, And so after Tuesday night, I was like, Oh, I feel, I feel like it's Advent. Like, I feel like I can prepare now. I feel like there is something that I can do to prepare. There's things I need to learn. There's, there's room that I need to make with some of, you know, um, for me, it's, it's going a little bit deeper in the grieving process. And I know that's what's going to happen. But that's the emptying, right? That's because the Lord wants to come into that part of me that maybe I've sealed off a little bit. Um, 
so I think for me that that book study is going to be really healthy. And I think it's going to be very, it's going to bring about a lot of healing for me. It already has just from the, the first night that we, that we met. Um, yeah. So that's, I think for me, that's where the Lord's meeting me he's saying he's taking me by the hand and he's like, let's go together. I'm here. Like here I am. Yeah. Um, you've not pushed me away, which is good. And let's let's go together you know and i've got some great people that are that i'm going to put in your pathway that are going to journey with you um so yeah i think that's i think that's it for me right now he might have a few other surprises in store. Uh, well i think a similar like this book i i really love sister miriam's um writings and i guess her mm specialty or her genius area is around this area of leading women into wholeness and restoration in Christ and so her book Behold is really taking us through that journey of how Christ wants to restore and heal us bring us to wholeness I guess through the lens of the holy family and so each week Mm -hmm. she's sort of looking at the role of the blessed mother as healer looking at Saint Joseph as protector and looking at how we can prepare to receive Christ in our hearts so this first week we're sort of looking at the role of the blessed mother mary and the role i guess of our she's inviting us in her book to reflect on the role our own mothers have had in our life in terms of shaping this idea of nurture and care but i wonder if we can just kick off talking about i guess the role of the blessed mother and how she actually the role and the place she has in our lives as Catholic women, there'll be some women who do not connect with Mary or, or haven't had her or a Marian devotion as a focus in their lives. There'll be other people who are deeply devout. So I'm wondering if you can share a little bit into that space about, I guess, the role of Mary, how we see Mary. We hear people say, oh, Catholics, they just, you know, they shouldn't be praying to Mary. They should be praying to Jesus. But her role is so rich and so deep in our lives. I'm wondering if you can shed light on that for us. Or, um, well, as you can see, I, I might have an affinity for Mama Mary, um, you know, and that's, I've come, I'm, I'm late to the game, actually, with, with a relationship with our Blessed Mother. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I, as you have, Karen, you know, in, in all of the, the accompaniment that you do with women through your coaching and through your, um, you know, through your podcast and then through all of your master classes that you do. I mean, you are just, you're just enmeshed with, with women and accompanying them on their journeys, especially, you know, their spiritual journeys. Um, you know, Mary is, a, is, is not always accessible to some people. They, they don't necessarily understand her. They don't have an affinity for her. There's a lot of questions about her. Um, but speaking from my own experience, I can tell you that when I pray the mysteries of the rosary, and if we really stop and reflect on those, there is not one thing that our blessed mother did not experience that we too will not experience in our lifetime. Now, maybe some of us will not lose a child while we are still alive, but there will still be other deaths of people that we love. And, and so, um, you know, there's just this, this, you know, when you look at her, it's like, wow, in, in her lifetime, she really did there. She really does have a life similar to what I'm experiencing in some way, shape or form. Um, and so I like to think of her as like someone that I can go to and say, how did you handle this? Like, you sort of been there, done that. Like, I know you understand me. Um, and I also feel too, that the blessed mother is somebody that I can kind of I feel like she just kind of comes up alongside me. I don't see her so much as a, as a mother figure. So I'm a little bit different. Um, again, this is speaking from my own experience, but um, so I don't necessarily see her as a mother figure because I had such a strong mom in my life. Um, but she is someone who I know is a powerful intercessor and loves me so much that she's going to, she's going to pray whatever my, I, I need her to pray for me for just as if I were to call you up and say, Karen, I, could you pray for me for this? Like she's a trusted friend for me. Other women that I know, they look at the blessed mother as a true mother figure and someone whom 
they look to for comfort and nurturing. Um, you know, they have, they sort of, when their worlds are falling apart, they just want to curl up in Mama Mary's lap, have her, you know, cuddle them with a blanket, give them some hot tea, what, you know, whatever it is that's going to bring them, you know, that comfort. Um, and then for other women, and I think this is a, um, this is very prevalent is they don't make a connection with Mary because there's a deep mother wound in them that needs to be healed. Right. And I know sister Miriam talks a lot about healing and, and the healing that, that mama Mary can bring to us, our blessed mother can bring to us is something that, that some women are just closed off to right now. Um, and they haven't, they haven't been able to experience that healing that comes from, from, a relationship with the blessed mother. Um, it's a, it's a very, it's a very weird kind of thing. Not weird. Maybe that's not the right word. It's, it's just a, um, it's an amazing thing to think about that here we have this model of a woman on how to be a woman, right? She was strong. She was fierce. She was, she had to be assertive in her life. Um, you know, the list is kind of endless and yet she's the most nurturing person that we have a model for yeah. right now. So if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think you pick up on something important. Like in the church, we do hear a lot about the father wound. And mm-hmm. when we have a wound from our fathers, it's really, it goes to the core in terms of identity, being the beloved daughter. But the wound, the mother wound is a little bit different. I think it's all around nurture and and how we actually receive ourselves. So if we think about a woman, like one of the hallmarks of being a woman is, and the feminine genius is this quality of receptivity, which we see exemplified in the blessed mother. And so that receptivity is about receiving another person. You know, there's that beautiful quote, the saints quote that a woman's soul um what what is a woman's soul is a shelter in which other souls can unfold and it's that's um Edith Stein but it's how we actually receive how we open our lives and our hearts to receive others to nurture others and I think the mother wound really centers around that lack of nurture um sometimes there's a rejection or a hardness from a mother and so that is internalized it's different to the father wound that goes to the heart of identity. It's about, I think we learn how to even receive ourselves from our own mothers. Mm. So how do we receive and accept ourselves? Um, so it's an interesting area. And I know Sister Miriam does a lot of, in this first chapter, this first week of Advent on really inviting us to take a look at, I guess, the role that our own biological mothers played in our life. And she makes the point that all of our parents do the very best that they can with what they had at the time. So um, it's sort of, she talks about having honouring our parents, but also being honest about some of those dynamics and the impact. And I think in life, the Lord doesn't reveal to us what he doesn't want to heal, what he doesn't want to bring restoration to. And so it's interesting. I've just been working through this book this week, spending a little bit of time reflecting on the role of my own mum. How well do I receive myself? The role that the Blessed Mother plays in my life. Um, it's a, it's an interesting journey, just having that space and time. And then mm-hmm. as a mother myself, how am I? I guess, mm-hmm. you know, we can get so caught up, right, in the wounds we cause our own kids. <laughs> it can be debilitating. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, I had a similar reaction to that, right. In, in, in the questions that she asked us, which was, you know, to, to think about, you know, our mothers, our relationship with our mothers, where that is, where it needs healing, you know, is that a place that where the Lord is going to meet us this Advent, right? Like we don't know what we don't know. And I love how you said that the Lord is will only, you know, he'll, he'll reveal what needs to be healed when we're ready and to be healed because until then we're not ready and we're going to reject it and it's never going to end well. Right. It's, it's in the, it's in the good Lord's timing on these things. Um, and I think even just reflecting on my own motherhood, I know that there are, you know, so many things that I, I could go back and say, Oh my gosh, like I was a horrible mother. I'm not a horrible mother. I wasn't a horrible mother, but there were moments where, you know, there, there's some real regret and, and some things that I wish I could have done differently. Did I do the best I could in the, in the time with what I had? 
I'd like to think the answer is yes. Um, and it, it's taken a lot of, of conversations with my own mother while she was alive around that. Like, and she would often say the same thing. She said, I'm sorry for all the mistakes I made. And I'm like, I don't, I could name maybe three, you know, like she was pretty good mom. And, um, and so I think that every woman, if we're being completely honest with ourselves, those of, those of us that have been gifted with, um, you know, with children of our own, right. Um, uh, either, you know, physically, or we've fostered children, or we've, you know, been adoptive parents, um, or maybe you've been, you know, an aunt and, and been very involved in the, in the child's life. But if you've had that opportunity to be in the business of raising a child, right. Um, you do the, you really do the best that you can. And I think that that is, um, that's what we strive for. And, you know, that's another place that we maybe need to empty ourselves and say, where in my motherhood, where in this journey of being a mother, um, do I need to encounter Christ a little bit more deeply? Where can I, where do I need to seek him so that I am a better mother, even for my own children or those whom I am mothering in my own, in the way God has called me to do so. Yeah, I, it's, it's so I, I think that's what I'd like to say about that. Hmm. But it's so you know because we, if we, I mean, I think Richard Raw says, you know, what is not healed is transferred. So if mm. we don't, sometimes it's just it's really hard. Like we either are afraid of what the wounds are and what they might uncover. We don't want, sometimes we don't want to judge our families and other times you think, oh, you know, I've already dealt with that. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But the Lord, right. you know, he just comes to us very gently at different moments of our life to reveal the next layer, the next layer. I think the Lord really wants to heal us so that then we can live in freedom, freedom in him. But there's that beautiful saying, you know, we cannot give what we don't possess. So if we haven't been healed it does hold us back in a certain way in terms of being able to love and to bring Christ's light and love to others. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. And I think it's a forgiveness piece too, right? Like, and sometimes forgiveness um, means when we forgive, again, if we're talking about making room, think about the space that that opens up, right? And so where do we look for models of forgiveness? Where do we look, you know, to whom do we look for, like, how we are to forgive people? And, and the Bible is full of people, um, you know, Christ on the cross, obviously, you know, even St. Stephen, right? Like, it's it's that. And then it's even like in our daily lives, um, just that forgive them. They don't, they really don't know what they're talking about or, you know, I'm going to just let that go. Lord, forgive them because I just don't want to get bogged down with that even. So that might even be another way during Advent that we are looking for, you know, just forgiveness in general. Right. And then, um, I just went off on a tangent. <laughs> I just did. I sort of like went off on the, the whole forgiveness piece because there's like a whole section of that. But I know that that's what Sister Miriam talks about too in her healing retreats is how we how we actually forgive. But forgiveness cr can create that space, right? And maybe that's a place that Christ wants you to encounter him. This Maybe that's the room that he's asking you to make to be ready for him. Yeah, so I think the question for women to yeah. ask, whether they're doing the book study or not, is how does the Lord want to meet me this Advent? How is he asking me to prepare for him? And then how am I going to seek him? Because it's, you know, it's never too late to start a good Advent. We might be a week in, but we can still begin. One thing I'd love to pick up on, I guess, is this idea of nurture and the Blessed Mother being the exemplar. John Paul II talks about her being the perfect example of what it is to be a woman, how this gift of receptivity, but particularly in this area of nurture, because I think we need to encounter that nurture ourselves as women, and then we're invited to give that. Have you got any thoughts around, I guess, this whole idea of, of nurturing the hearts of women and having our hearts mm -hmm. nurtured? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a, part of the conversation that I never felt called to be included in until about, oh, I don't know, there might have been a Sydney, Australia conference that I spoke at that, you know, sort of demonstrated to me what that looks like in action, what that, what that nurturing of a, of the feminine heart looks like when a woman clearly, 
um, takes the, the hand and the heart of another and says, I'm going to walk with you. You are not alone. However far you want me to journey with you, however far we're meant to walk, that's great. But let me hold a piece of this for you just you know, just to ease that burden for a moment or a day, let's have a few laughs, whatever that looks like, whatever that, whatever the, the woman that's carrying so much needs in that moment in time. And that really broke open for me the whole, my, my love of the visitation and the visits. So to me, we need look no further sometimes. We don't have to complicate things in terms of what it means to, to, walk and journey with another woman? How do we nurture another woman's heart, right? And we look at the visitation, Elizabeth goes, or Mary goes in haste, like, boom, she goes, she runs to her cousin Elizabeth, right? And it was an arduous journey, a couple of days, we know, you know, she went by herself, we, we think she went by herself, there was no mention of anyone else going with her. Um, so she shows up, Elizabeth is like, wow, you came, like you, the mother of our Lord, came to minister to me in my time of need. How did you even know that I needed you? And then we see this just beautiful, um, yeah, they were, you know, they were cousins, but they were, there had to have been a friendship there. There had to have been a real connection and a sisterhood. And there were the holy conversations, I'm sure. And I don't mean to be irreverent about this, but we all know that when, especially two pregnant women get together, they talk about, are your ankles swollen? Like, are you feeling this? How tired are you? Are we getting enough of the right foods? Like there had to have been those ordinary conversations that women have about life in general who's going to make the coffee this morning, you know, who's hanging the laundry out to dry. Like there had to have been those holy conversations. And we see within that, just that short amount of time, the beautiful life that happens in and around them, that beautiful um, friendship that's solidifying their places in each other's hearts. They minister to one another. Mary cared for Elizabeth. We know this and we know Elizabeth had to have cared for Mary Maybe she couldn't do it physically, but I'm sure she gave her, she poured out her wisdom. I'm sure she poured out all of these things, um, the life lessons, all that she had to offer um, Mary in that moment. And then what do we see happen as a result, right? So I love to look at the encounter, but then what's going on around the encounter? And if we look at the visitation, we see Zechariah is, can't speak. All he can do is listen and watch listen and watch. He can't ask questions. He has to just be patient. And we have the townspeople, right, that are seeing this as well. And they're like, what's going on here? And then suddenly, Zechariah can talk, and he tells them, and then they, they come to believe. And it's just this beautiful, like, everybody's just still while this is happening, this relationship is happening, and they're watching and they're learning. I just think there had to have been so many things that happened as a result of that that we'll never know. But generations later, women are saying, hey, I see that you're in need. How can I help? Can I pray for you? Can I make you dinner? Can I send you flowers? You know, let's go have a laugh. You know what I mean? And so that's still going on today. It is. I and think there was something. Yeah, very special there. And, and mm. I do agree. And that leads us into these kind of, area of spiritual motherhood which is so important that if we haven't encountered I guess that nurture and that care from our biological mothers then we can still encounter that and the Lord does want to I guess give that to us as a gift through other women but to to be that presence in other people's lives we need to receive that first of all so that we can and we're all called to a spiritual motherhood regardless of whether or all women are called to that vocation of motherhood, whether it's biological or spiritual. And it, I know that's a great passion of yours, Laura. But and you oh, saw, it is <laughs> about seeing that at the sisterhood conference for the first time and encountering that. How else? I guess. What are your other thoughts around spiritual motherhood? Wisdom for women in this area. Sure. So, 
again, like I said, the, the sisterhood conference was really the first place that I had really experienced that and had women pray over me, pray with me. Um, I think they're still praying for me. They're just, they're, we they were them, a, the very, very special. <laughs> very special. I know I want to, I want to, we'll, we'll work on it. Um, but I think, you know, the, the Lord puts, he just puts the women in our life that we need for, for that season. And sometimes they're there for a very long stretch of time. And other times it, it is just a very short season. Um, but they have the wisdom or they have the, they have the, um, they have the gift of whatever it is that we need to know at that, at that point in time. Um, I love nothing better than being a spiritual mother. Um, I'm a mentor for the given forum. Um, I've had just the, the absolute honor to, to be a part of that organization for a couple of years now. And the young women that I journey with through a year, sometimes now we're, we we're friends, right? And so it's like, it's this natural, beautiful little friendship um, that has, that has come, come from that blossomed from that. And we start where I'm the one that's supposed to be like a spiritual mother to these young women. And I am because people are hungry. The, the young women are hungry. Like, how did you manage similar to, you know, to what I'm sure Mary asked Elizabeth, how did, how are you managing this? Like, what does this look like? Um, but then there's this beautiful shift that happens and this is the part that I love the most is that at some point in time, they have something they can offer me. I have to be open for it and I don't want to miss it. Right. I'm like, here it comes. Like, I don't want to miss this. And then they have something to offer me. And then suddenly for whether it be for a moment or a short season, a conversation, whatever, they're my spiritual mother. They have something that they can give and they they've never thought of themselves that way before and they're like wait I have something I can offer not just to my generation but to your generation and I said yeah and to the generation that's coming up behind you absolutely right so we we model that so I, I I really feel very strongly that um we have to have these kinds of communities that are intergenerational and it's not the older women that are just you know pontificating like Back in my day, we did. No, no, no. We have to be receptive to what these younger women have to offer. Because I will tell you, Karen, I have learned more about how, excuse me, how to live my faith out authentically from watching the women who are a generation behind me. They are on fire for the Lord. They have such hope and such joy. And they come at it from a place of, of just this deep desire to love the Lord yeah. and the saints, um, especially I've learned a lot about the saints and I'm like, wow, like they just inspire me so, so much. And I'm like, tell me the things, let me sit at your feet for a while. So we have to be open for both and with, with the spiritual motherhood. Yes. It's a, it's a beautiful journey. It's a beautiful gift. If we allow it to, to work the way the yeah. Lord intends it, I think. Yeah. And I, I really want to encourage women that if they, like don't have that to just I guess sit back and have a look at who are the women in your orbit or your sphere of influence that I guess you really admire that you respect who you look to as role models and examples and maybe even just taking the really bold step of asking whether or not they might be a mentor or a guide or disciple you for a short time because I think sometimes women don't know where to go what I see at sisterhood is I think I've shared this before. We once had an 80 year old lady come along to the conference and she sat there and she was just one Saturday night, she was just crying. And she said, I came and I don't even know why I came. My daughter said to come and she said, I feel like I'm past my use by date, that I have nothing to offer anymore. But she <laughs> said, what I have been given at this conference, she said, it just restored this joy, this sense of purpose to her because what happened was there was these young girls who were 16, 18, 22 who were desperate for mentoring, <laughs> desperate for spiritual motherhood, desperate for that nurture. And she just had, you know, 80 years of wisdom and just so much to offer these women that they all, like Edith Stein's quote, they all gathered around her and mm -hmm. were leaning into her wisdom 
And mm. it was such a gift. So not only, the gift was that she gave these women the gift of spiritual motherhood, but what they gave her was the gift of feeling needed, that she had a place, that she had a purpose still. As Mary Lineberg mm-hmm. says, while there's breath in my body, I still have purpose and mission. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. So there, there is this beautiful exchange that happens with the generations and this whole area of motherhood, um, spiritual motherhood. And I think no matter what age you're at, if you're an 18-year-old young woman, you have women who are younger than you looking to you for that spiritual mm-hmm. motherhood. If you're 40, you have women looking to you. You also need to find those women that you can look to. We all need mm-hmm. people who are ahead of us on the mountain that can look back and say, come on, this way. Um, and, and to give us the wisdom to know how to handle the different circumstances in life. And and then just returning, going full circle back to, I guess, the Blessed Mother is just meditating and reflecting on her qualities, I guess, of, of gentleness, of compassion, of um, receptivity, of generosity, of maternity, sensitivity, all of these beautiful quali- qualities that she embodies are the qualities that we as women, regardless of age or season, are also called to, I guess, nurture and water and grow. And, and so perhaps for some women this Advent, I know in my own Advent journey, it's been around this idea of what are those qualities that the Lord's inviting me to water, to nurture, so that I can, I guess, be more present, be more nurturing to the people who come into my world. Yeah, so wow. it's... Uh, yeah. Well, I, I can tell you, you know, as somebody who I feel like you have been a spiritual mother for me, you know, we don't have to be, we can be the same. Well, I'm a little bit, well, I'm a lot older than you, but I'm older than you and, you know, but we are peers, right? So you can even have those peers that will, that will help you to do those kinds of things. And, you know, I love what you said about like that you need to water and nurture and find those things. And I think that that is, you know, that's a deep seated longing. I think that every woman, most women, I don't want to say every, I don't want to be, you know, whatever, but I would say the majority of women that I speak to at least have that deep longing to be nurtured and to nurture. And so finding a group of women or finding even one or two women that you can journey with is really, um, it's so helpful, especially as you prepare for the encounter with Christ, you know, along the road, the stop at Advent, you know, through our journey at Lent, through ordinary time, but having that, just having that somebody Right. And, and again, Mary is the model for that for us, you know, to we're all looking for our own sort of Mary to walk to walk alongside us, to have our own visitation, yeah. I think. And I yeah. think it's really beautiful. I, I love what Sister Miriam's done by beginning with her, because mm-hmm. it's Mary who takes us to her son. Like it is through her mm-hmm. that we can encounter Christ that she, <clears throat> and we can ask her to reveal Christ to us in a new way. So right. I love the role. I mean, I grew up, my mum was Protestant, so we did not have Marian devotion in our home growing up at all. So similar to you, that's become something that's happened in my adult life. And it happened at a retreat where I was, I think I've shared this on the podcast before, but I was at um, the Hermitage, which is this beautiful Maris Brothers um, retreat mm-hmm. centre. The Dominican sisters were running a retreat and it was around healing and I looked up at the cross and I had this image of Jesus coming off the cross and presenting his mother to me as somebody who would walk with me. And it was really from that point that I started to grow in, I guess, understanding Mary, understanding her role in my life. And I guess the rosary now has become a really important part of my life where we pray it each day. But as you pray those mysteries, I don't know, there's a, there's a peace that descends in my spirit that's just profound. And it's a mm-hmm. slowing down. There's a rhythm in those prayers, a r- rhythm in the reflection on the mysteries and I guess encountering Christ through that. So I just want to make the point that Mary is someone, it's a beautiful way to start Advent because by starting there, she leads us towards her son and I guess that revelation. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the idea of, you know, especially for, for those of us, you know, th- those listening who maybe Mary is not somebody that 
they have a relationship with or whatever, you know, that's a, that's a, a place where you can say, Jesus, introduce me to your mom. And I want to get to know her. I want to, she was important in your life. What do I, what, what am I, what am I missing out on? Show me what, show me her, you know, similar to what it sounds like your encounter was around that. And he will, he will, he will bring, you know, we often think of Mary bringing, you know, us to Jesus. Right. But, but Jesus can certainly bring his mom to us. Um, and I, I love sister Miriam calls her mama Mary. That's I sort of picked that up from, from her saying it, you know, go to your mama, like ask Jesus about his mama. He's going to tell you, and he's going to tell you all the beautiful ways that she can be in your life. And, you know, what, whether you have a mother wound or whether you had a great relationship with your mom, we all need another mother in our life in some way, shape Absolutely. or form. And she's, there's no one better for sure. As, as you, that. you remember Vaughn Hosking? She Oh, I do. Oh. Well, her, her mom is so beautiful. I remember the last conference, the conference you were there, I was really sick with a fever and I went down to this house just before the conference started and she just came in because she was with Vaughn and she just prayed over me and gave me a huge hug. And she was just this motherly presence in that moment where I just felt like, oh my gosh, we've got to run a conference and I've got a 40 degree temperature. And I, you know, like it was really beautiful. So I think, you know, we can have our own beautiful mothers and then there's all these other beautiful women around us. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. I've, I've always, I've always said, you know, women need other women other than their moms in their life to be their cheerleaders, to be, to be on their team, you know, your moms have to tell you you're great and they have to tell you. Oh, my kids always say moms. that. I say, oh, you look so beautiful. Oh, you did that so yeah. well. Like, oh, well, you just have to say that. You're my mom. You have to say that. I but to have that. somebody that doesn't somebody that doesn't have a stake in the game comes along and says, I see this in you. You did this so well. I'm really proud of you. That has that carries some weight that it really does. And it, it can really greatly impact how you feel about yourself. And, and I just, I'm a big fan of, of authentic feminine relationships that, that mod that are modeled on the blessed mother. And then, you know, especially, and, and again, the visitation to me is, is always important. And I think just yeah. to on what you said there, I've been always very intentional about building community <laughs> around my children. So very intentional about friends and the older people that are in their lives and mentors and who we chose as godparents, who we, who they choose as confirmation sponsors, like very, very intentional about that so that those people, those men and women would have a role in our children's lives. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting now watching, you know, we've got teenage children now and you see the fruit of that, of that community. And I'm so grateful for it. The role of other parents, mothers in the lives of my kids is just beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a necessary factor. We need community. We are not meant to be in isolation. And, you know, that having an authentic community that you can count on and, re, you know, rely on. Yeah, it's just it's it's a gift. It really is. Well, I'm so grateful yeah. for you, Laura. I remember yeah. after that sisterhood conference, there was a knock on the door and I think my family had moved. I was feeling really down. And, and there was this humongous bunch of flowers with a card from you all the way from America. And um, you you had that beautiful C.S. Lewis quote in there about just carrying each other's burdens and walking together. Mm -hmm. So I'm incredibly grateful for you and the presence you mm -hmm. have in my life. So thanks. Oh, thank you. And, and I feel the same for you, Karen. I, I think of, you know, the, the times that you've, you've walked with me, you have accompanied me, you have taken my hand, you've taken part of my burden, you've prayed with me, over me, for me. Um, you know, and that's, I think that's why this friendship, although we've only been in person once, right, um, has has nurtured, we've, we've nurtured it, it's, it's flourished, it's grown, um, because we've taken that time to water it, right? We've taken that time to, to feed it and to, to really be present and intentional. Um, and I think that that's at the end of the day that, that, that is, um, you know, that's, that's a rarity, um, but we've worked at it. And I think that that's, you know, that's the other part of, of all of this, right? It's that preparation. We prepare, 
we prepare room for each other. We, we make that time, we make that space. And that's really what we're doing at Advent for Jesus, right? We want that relationship with Christ. And so that's what we do. We prepare and we, we, um, you know, we want to nourish that. We want to nurture it. We want to water it. We want to watch it flourish. And that's, that's what the season is. That's gives us that time to do that. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Oh. Well, thank you. Would you close us in prayer, Laura? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to cry if I do, but okay. We'll, <laughs> we will try this. We will try this. Um, so beautiful. <clears throat> in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, thank you for the gift of time. Thank you for the gift of words and wisdom. Thank you for the gift that this time has been. Having this conversation is has just been such a blessing. And I, I pray that the words that Karen and I have spoken, this conversation that we've shared, which is really a conversation that we would have had Regardless, these are, this is just, as you know, Lord, this is just how you've created our friendship to be, where we speak about these just beautiful things and just share our hearts in our life. Lord, I pray that these words would, would be a blessing to anyone listening and that they too will find comfort in the idea of resting in your heart and knowing your son and in knowing our blessed mother, Mary. Lord, I also thank you for Sister Miriam's yes to writing this book. It is moving hearts and changing lives as we speak. Lord, I ask a blessing for her and just thank you for the gift that she is to this world and to what she brings to, to my heart and the heart of so many other women that I know. Lord, I ask a, also just your intercession um, through our Blessed Mother that we may continue to have beautiful and fruitful conversations this Advent as we make room to receive your son, the greatest gift of all. Amen. 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 And the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, ladies, I really hope and pray that my conversation with Laura today took you deeper into some of those themes in the book Behold and invited you to really explore, I guess, this idea of spiritual motherhood and how you can show up and practice that in your own life, how you can look to the Blessed Mother as a beautiful example of living your feminine genius and how through Mary we can encounter the healing power of the person of Jesus Christ. I pray that this coming week would be richly blessed for you and I look forward to you joining us next week on the Genius Podcast.